0: Yeah, I mean the industry that Alice works in in terms of uh, commerce, um you just see so many potential applications for gen AI just for a single persona in a business like on a, a marketing side, you know Alice was talking about, you know being able to just through the power of of natural language create these really unique images and sort of promotions of these particular uh, products. Um but then you can take it so much steps further with gen AI that you feed into the system some keywords about the product. And now it's going to automatically write uh, some type of summary or product description. But then from that, it's then also going to provide some type of press uh, release in a, in a sort of press release uh, format and then into a social media post and sort of that workflow can take a matter of, you know, seconds or minutes rather than sort of hours, days or months that it would normally take. And now just a single person uh, could actually create that type of entire flow and artifacts using various um, applications of Gen AI along the way with uh, imagery as well as uh, text.
1: This is Startup Island Taiwan, the
0: channel all about cutting-edge technology, influential global tech layers, and Taiwan.
2: Welcome to the Startup Island Taiwan podcast. My name is John from Agrometry. I'm your guest host today, and I'm here today with Dean Samuels, Chief Technologist at 12 Years at AWS, and I'm here with Alice Lee as well, co-founder and COO of Rosetta AI. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thanks, John. Great Thank to you. be here. So it's kind of really interesting always to be talking about something that's in the news so often, right? The um, generative AI and is kind of really turned the tables on everything. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Let me get started with uh, you, Dean. Like, can you tell me a little bit about your story, how you guys get started and, um, and you know, how you come to be here in front of us today?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, I've been with AWS, Amazon Web Services, for the, the last twelve years. So started back in uh, 2012, and I mentioned it before. It's been a bit of a roller coaster because um, the journey um, has been quite exciting, uh, working with customers and just seeing how cloud technology has really disrupted uh, industries, and I think more importantly, really democratized access to technology for uh, all types of uh, organizations. And I'm sure Alice can attest to that as well. And so it's been interesting over those 12 years because I can really pinpoint uh, milestones or key sort of points of pivots uh, for customers along that journey. Uh, Obviously, initially, when I started, cloud was very new to everyone. So spent a lot of time explaining to customers what is cloud, why is cloud. And then you fast forward four years from there, um, the conversation totally changed because everybody got it. And it was all about uh, data. And it was about actually um, providing data or utilizing data as a service, really as a value add to businesses. Uh, And so how to become that data driven organization. And then fast forward four more years, um, you know, to where we are in the last probably uh, 18 months or so. Whilst artificial intelligence obviously has been around for quite some time and generative AI, Gen AI has been around for uh, a few years as well. Obviously, the last 12 months, it's really picked up steam, obviously, through chat GPT. And so much so that most of my conversations now with customers is all about generative AI. And that's been quite interesting for me because up until that point, we've been talking with customers about you know, what they're trying to achieve in their business, what are the challenges that they're trying to solve. And we work backwards from there to then maybe uh, look at, okay, what's the technology that they could use to uh, support that? But it's a little bit different with Gen AI now. It's They want to talk about the technology first and then look in the organization where they can actually uh, apply it.
2: Alice, tell us a little bit about Rosetta and kind of how how you guys get started. And then I want to weave that into the Gen AI stuff that uh, Dean was just talking about.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, my partner, Daniel and I actually met in the hackathon. And then at that time, we just the project in the beginning, we are a project based company. So we're doing the advanced product recommendation system, like recommendation with Netflix or recommendation with the Trivago. So we put Really dive into, uh, the data and the AI product in the beginning of the time. So over time, we found, oh, for e-commerce industry, uh, they, because they have, uh, tons of product in their product catalog. I think that's the thing that we can provide our solution for this kind of customer and provide the best product discovery journey for the end user. So that's why we start to do the Rosa AI and provide our service to the fashion related e-commerce to help them to enhance their shopping journey, uh, enhance their business model. And currently because in this year the Gen AI is really increased. <laughs> yeah, so we also put the Gen AI into our product now. So we want to help the e-commerce Lenoni real model to create their image. We can also use AI to generate an image for them. In a second, you can have the 10 different model and with your products. So that's really helpful and efficient way that the fashion e-commerce should go forward.
2: Dean talked a little bit about how, you know, you guys at AWS try to work with their people to try to understand how Gen AI can be integrated into their product. How was that process like for you? Like, what was that sort of mindset was when you're trying to say, hey... This is a very interesting technology. I don't know what it is, maybe. How do I put this into something I can use for customers?
1: I think a lot of time with our engineer, uh, ring team already have the draft idea about the gen AI and how to use GNI into our products, but we don't have really use, uh, some tool to really develop our new product. So at all time, AWS provided workshop with some expert to teach our AI engineer to build up the model that we want. So we want to, for example, we want to build up some image for the clothes, apparel, e-commerce. So we prepare all the apparel e-commerce product from our end and put into the stable diffusion, try to use some prompt and create a totally new model and wearing the different clothes, something new. So we try a lot of things, but uh, I think the point is like in the beginning, we already have the draft idea and also know what's the demand of our customer. So I think that we have the clear direction that we would want to go forward. And in that workshop, we really do a lot of practice to create a beautiful, ugly <laughs> model and the that workshop. That's fun.
2: Do you find that often to be the case with other customers, Dean? Like they would have a Kind of the idea use case right in their heads from the very start, or is it a little more you know fluid at that point?
0: Yeah, I think it's a bit of a mix. Um, you know, like I was saying before, I think that just the Gen AI popularity in the last twelve months has garnered a lot of interest across different customers, and even at the business decision maker level, you know, like like at Alice's level, uh, in that um, technology sometimes doesn't uh, get their attention. Gen AI has, and I think you know, the the fact that it's been put in the hands of just your everyday person. It's a, a technology that because of its natural language integration, um, whether you're creating you know, images with stable diffusion, or you're having it as a coding companion to help you write code, or you're using it in your search and recommendation uh, reporting, all of those type of services are easy to use, right? It's a technology that you just have to interact with through the power of your voice or just uh, typing. And so we have a mix. We have customers that have identified actual specific use cases where they see this type of technology adding real value and definitely the stable diffusion one converting or creating brand new sort of imagery and things for uh, for commerce platforms, for example, is a very common use case. Or like I mentioned, as a coding companion, so developers can really focus on building awesome products and applications rather than finding out what are the semantics and syntax around certain programming languages and making sure there's no vulnerabilities um, uh, in it. So, Trying to adopting that type of technology is relatively straightforward, but then yes, you have some other organisations who are still facing you know specific challenges, and they're not sure if Gen AI, um, let alone AI, is is the answer. So we have a deeper conversation uh, with them because we also then have to get into the realm of uh, around intellectual property and security of, of of that, especially with Gen AI's benefits being around foundational models, which is actually shared. So how do you tune those models without losing ownership of your uh, IP?
2: What do you think are some of the strengths and weaknesses of generative AI? Like when you're working these workshops, these people may not, they might have like a service level view of what gen AI is. But when they actually get in the workshops and you're actually working with them, what are the things that they need to be cognizant of, like what they can and cannot do?
0: I think um one of the, the key areas that we need to make aware of is just like training a human being that you're training a, a model, um, the way that you train it is going to essentially determine what the outcomes are going to look like. Um, and so you, know, you could potentially have situations in Gen AI, which is called hallucinations, where the um, the output from the, the model is really confident in what it's saying, uh, but it actually could be incorrect. It could be biased. Uh, it could have all sorts of challenges with it. So we need to make sure when we run in these type of uh, workshops that uh, the customers are aware of that. And so to address that using things like uh, continuous training, uh, sort of feeding it more and more data, um, being careful what uh, data you are actually feeding it as well, Using different foundational models is actually another approach. We don't at AWS. We don't believe there's going to be a single Gen AI foundational model to rule them all, and that's why we partnered, you know, with the likes of Meta and Anthropic and even Amazon um, to provide different foundational models and large language models that customers can use quite easily to try and avoid things like that bias and hallucinations and so on. And then the other one, like the security aspect I mentioned, um, you know, we we have to have those conversations around how the right guardrails can be put in place when leveraging this type of uh, uh, technology. You know, whilst the upside of Gen AI is about, you know, boosting employee um, creativity, about improving operational efficiencies and delivering new experiences for for customers, um, organizations still need to be very um, wary of uh, some of the the challenges and implications of using this technology. It's just like any technology uh, incorrectly.
2: When you're implementing kind of these stable diffusion models or something, into kind of the product. What were some of the things that you were th- thinking about and worrying or maybe not worrying, but like trying to, like you said, guardrails, putting guardrails against in situations that uh, you wanted to avoid?
1: Mm, I would say data privacy, because we, actually our data is all from our customer uh, website. So like behavioral data, product image data. So each brand, they have their own like data privacy. Some. Some of merchants they agree we use their uh, image or all the data to generate the new uh, new things new product they agree with that. but some of the more bigger clients like uh, uh, some clients from Europe or US they uh, more care about it and use the data like how even we generate a new image or anything new uh, things from our end this all material is all belong to them so, we spend a lot of time to communicate with this part, with client, like how we use this kind of data or we just use this data for internal training. We don't spread out. So I think the data privacy is the key point that we really care about and also that we spend a lot of time to communicate with the clients.
2: And what have been some of the upsides? Like what are customers kind of liking about this new aspect? Like what are they kind of enjoying about it?
1: Depends. <laughs> yeah, for the enterprise-level customer, they really like new product because uh, they have resources, they have money, the lack of just only ideas. So if we provide a new technology or a new implement, they will give it a try and they are willing to like do a lot of things uh, with our new ideas. So I think that's great. And for the small and medium-sized e-commerce, they are... More like uh, they want to have the big case study first, and then they will follow this kind of big brand and adopt the new solution that they want. So I think a little bit different from the size of the business.
2: Has that been sort of the pattern you've seen with the people you're talking to? Like that's kind of an interesting aspect where like the smaller companies are looking to
0: the larger guys to sort of show the way. Um, Again, it's been a bit of a mix, right? Because we do work with a lot of enterprise customers, Um. Who do struggle a little bit to really drive innovation and move quickly in their organisation, and so they do want to adopt a bit of a startup mindset. And so that's a matter of either introducing startups to them directly or implementing certain mechanisms um, within their own organisations. They might have sort of dedicated uh, single-threaded owner-type teams that really focus more on the innovation uh, side side of things. But then, yes, of course, you have the reverse where startups um, are looking at um, you know, especially in certain regulated. Uh, industries, whether it's for financial services or with fintech. And so working with, um, some of the bigger, uh, bigger players around how to really leverage this type, um, of technology. Um, now going back to that really key word you mentioned before about being fluid, um, you know, the, what is really fluid in, in Gen AI right now is more the sort of the, the risk and legal, um, uh, aspects that's still being uh, sorted out. And you now we're working with different government agencies, especially in uh, Europe and, we were just at the White House as well, um, you know, focused on um, sort of uh, artificial intelligence in general and how that's going to be applied, you know, going forward in a very responsible uh, way. So, you know, customers, I think, uh, whether a startup or through the enterprise, need to be uh, aware of you know, the fact that uh, there's no sort of uh, legal applications around this. It's at ease fluid um, at the moment. So, you know, we, we obviously try to be as risk averse as as possible. And Alice mentioned some great sort of approaches um, before in terms of internal training and making it clear to her own customers about uh, leveraging this type of technology. So, um, you know, just making sure that customers tread carefully.
2: I guess communication seems to be very important on that sort of level. What sort of like misconceptions that you've had to kind of dispel with regards to these uh, with the clients and the people you're talking to about this uh, that communication helps to fix?
0: Yeah, I think there's several areas. The first one is just around the data and data privacy. Um, sort of the and it's been a conversation we've had with customers even prior to Gen AI became in the sort of uh, the popular. Uh, ecosystem in, in that, um, you know, leveraging cloud services, uh, essentially leveraging a third party, um, the conversation around who owns that data and who manages, um, access to that data has been a top of mind conversation with customers and then sort of expanding on that in terms of security in general, especially you see some of the, um, issues that have happened, um, you know, recently across certain enterprises from a security standpoint, whether it's around things like ransomware and other type of cyber attacks. So. That's probably the first conversation we have uh, with a lot of customers, especially on the enterprise side in those regulated industries. So just trying to dispel the misconception that, um, you know, once you leverage cloud, let alone gen AI and models and doing fine tuning and, and other ways to uh, optimize the data sources that uh, they're still in control of their data and they can position it in such a way that it's still very restricted in a, in a sort of a private access space where you're reducing the risk for any of their intellectual property or their data to be leaked out um, uh, to the public. The second one is probably around skills. I think one of the reasons why uh, Gen AI has become so popular, like I mentioned, is the ease of use um, and uh, in implementation in a lot of, a lot of aspects. And so there has been this misconception that, hey, this new technology, whilst great, could be very challenging uh, due to limited skill sets in, you know, machine learning or artificial intelligence. And customers have quickly discovered that from our perspective at AWS, we offer Gen AI capabilities in really two areas. One is uh, Gen AI powered um, applications. So this is kind of like a turnkey uh, solution that customers can uh, leverage um, pretty much straight away. And so you see this in things like our code companion product um, where Developers can simply install a toolkit into their favorite development environment and it's ready to go using Gen AI capabilities. But then also being able to tune their own or train their own models using the predefined foundational models, something like Alice mentioned with the stable diffusion, and then augmenting that with some of that additional data, but providing a very seamless way to do that through a sort of a no-code, low-code environment. So we dispel that misconception that, you know, whilst Gen AI is cool... Um, it is actually relatively straightforward to apply from a technology aspect in an organization. And I think that's why the previous kind of, I guess, hype technologies that have come up, um, over the last probably decade, um, have fallen a bit short where they are really important in certain niche areas. They can be very challenging to actually implement into an organization.
2: Are your programmers actually, are using uh, these co-pilots as well?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our, our engineering team also use this kind of autopilot, but I think the different from the customer side, I also have a different insight, like because our major customer is the medium-sized merchants. So they will think like AI, will be uh really easy to use. So they just one click, and everything is done and no data input, no checking, everything will be going well. Their business will growing, but actually it's not. So I think just like things they what well, we should have a lot of communication to teach them how to really do this AI, build your model. Even we are easy to install, but you still need to put some effort to set up a lot of things because you are the expert in your industry. You are the members of your industry. So, you need to set up some, uh, like key metric you want to sell, and what kind of data you want to input, and what kind of result you want to see. So we can help you to set up this engine or AI model. We can assist you, but still, you really understand your demand. You what kind of result you want to, you are looking for these kind of things. So I think it's similar, but for merchant, we, we still need to have some uh, communication to let them know what's the like misconception on this one.
2: So they think it's almost too easy, right? Like it's yeah. like it will do everything for them, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Is there a disappointment when they find out that it doesn't quite work that way? Or do they just kind of persist with it, right? Are they keeping with it?
1: Yeah, yeah. When you talk about like, oh, so you need to set up something from your end, they will even like doubt you like, are you an AI company? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we really uh, will teach them the logic. Like we write a lot of documentation and video, talk about the AI logic. Before we become the real AI, we still need to a lot of machine learning, data training. What's the process to be? Yeah, a lot of things things to communicate with our clients.
0: Sounds like the early days of cloud as well, uh, where customers thought that oh, we just put it in the cloud and it's all fine. You know, it will scale. It's highly secure, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah. now, like Alice said, there's a lot of uh, things happening in the background that needs to happen in the background in terms of uh, design practices and how you operate and manage it. And the education absolutely is, is super important. And so we're taking those sort of principles and applying it with Gen AI um, as well. So now whilst we have these AI powered uh, applications like uh, coding uh, companions, that is relatively easy to apply to a developer uh, in, environment. You know, we don't want to enter a realm of things like shadow IT where developers are actually applying these type of technologies are unknown to sort of the business decision makers because of some of the risks that could be involved there as, uh, as well. Um, so it takes a lot of sort of education and sort of awareness around that. Do you kind of imagine
2: going like the same trajectory as cloud where eventually people will see it and maybe three or four years, like you said before, it's going to just click in.
0: Uh, I honestly believe it's going to be much faster, a lot faster. Because I mean, if you have a look already just in the last 12 months, um, you know, chat GPT, obviously, which started it all in terms of just uh, coming to the public, um, sort of awareness is. You know, to reach 100 million subscribers or users, um, it, it grew faster, ChatGPT than any other type of technology, any other type of service. You know, you look at TikTok or, um, Netflix and some of those social media uh, services. Now they took uh, months, if not years to build up to 100 million users. ChatGPT took like one month to do that. Um, so I think just in terms of, uh, Gen AI becoming part of sort of the mainstream with organizations, you know, you are looking probably in, an, in the next uh, year or two sort of outlook where most software development projects will have some type of gen AI or if not AI, but most likely gen, gen AI um, capabilities built um, into it because it's just such a transformational technology which can be applied in so many different um, areas from the developer experience or the business analyst experience all the way to the end customer or consumer experience and everything in between.
2: Where do you think right now the demand or the push is coming from? coming more from the developer side? Like, do you see this really cool thing they want to integrate it in? Or do you see like customers saying like, hey, I want to start bringing this into my system like we're asking
0: for it? Like, do you find that pull or push right now? I think it's both. I think where you're seeing sort of easy adoption of it's probably more on the developer side of things um, because a lot of those tooling can be integrated quite easily. But on the customer side, the customers are usually talking more about the experiences they would like, which so happens to translate to Gen AI capabilities. And so that requires a bit more of a deep dive uh, into it um, but I think you're going to see it's going to be both it's going to be custom demand for these type of new experiences where customers um, have experience you know whether it's chat GPT for example or maybe some stable diffusion with Rosetta AI where they can create these have these images created um, that are quite unique just by a text description or doing a sketch and it creates that uh, image so customers will then want to use those type of capabilities on other services that are provided by other organizations and they'll be providing that feedback to those um to those organizations as well. Uh, I think the other area where we're going to see a uh, quick adoption is around um improving operational efficiencies and data-driven decisions in an organization where organizations are sitting on this vast amount of data. You know, data is going to be key for Gen AI and other technologies uh, going forward. Um, you know, leveraging Gen AI in most use cases with just foundational models um, only gets you, you to a certain point. It's really where you can start um, customizing and fine-tuning those models with your own data, just like with what Rosetta have done with their stable diffusion um, model, then leverage um, that data using Gen AI to give you the business insights to make decisions about how you're going to go forward with your business. So you can imagine a a situation where a business analyst, um, rather than having to view all of these business intelligence um, charts and other types of data, and then trying to aggregate or put that all together and what it actually means and where's the correlation between this and the other, simply asking the GenAI platform to tell me um, how to, you know, increase my uh, sales of widget X. In the next, uh, next quarter and, uh, Gen AI providing that report easy to understand way, um, that then the business decision maker can use to actually make decision going forward. That's really cool. Mm, yeah, yeah. Especially
2: on the business analyst Absolutely. side. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Agree with your uh, point because like our customer, um, they will actually, they, they cannot directly say what technology they want, but they will say their demands. So based on their demands, so our engineer team can really uh, use their like skill or tools to help them to build up the model that they want but i think it's both side things like we'll start from the customer but they can roughly say an idea but they don't know how to do or they can even ask if we can do that or that with the gen ai something else but I think we'll start from a customer, but still need engineer to put, uh, some like, experiment on that. And then we can provide a more stable or, uh, more helpful solution for the merchants.
0: That's actually a good point in that, you know, we've seen that type of, um, journey with uh, some of our customers. If you look at, um, for example, uh, Westpac is a financial institution in Australia and Bloomberg as well. So, you know, sort of in financial services, they've implemented these chat GPT like experiences for their employees and, and also potentially customers, where they um, those uh, folks can actually interact with that service specific to that organization, and that's because of demand from the customers and the employees Like, well, I've been using ChatGPT, and it's really seamless and easy. and gives me the outputs that I need. Um, can we do something internally as an organization as well? So, you know, within that twelve months frame of when ChatGPT came sort of into the public uh, mind, you know, you already have these type of Regulated industry, highly regulated industries, um, that have applied this technology based on the customer experience, the customer feedback. They didn't really care about the technology itself. They just had this, um, really seamless experience with the service and they wanted to replicate that within other organizations as well.
2: What's your like kind of vision for how Rosetta AI will eventually use Gen AI like down the line at this current point?
1: Um, I would say like we want to help the fashion e-commerce to uh help them in generate totally new customer shopping journey online and offline. So we would hope uh lady just one marketing person and then we can do everything for them like product image from the product description. You just one click and then we can generate all the product category for you and you can directly set up your shop and then you can start to run your business right away. No need to prepare three to six months to looking for a model, looking for the products and the tech photo and then upload to a like e-commerce platform. These kind of things we can all build up for you. So for you, if you have a good product and you want to sell to the end user, we can help you that one click and you can sell your product to all around the world. Because uh Daniel and I we worked in the medium sized e-commerce before, so we found a lot of Small and medium-sized e-commerce, they actually have the good product, but they don't know how to sell it and they don't have the skill or technology background, like how to put their product to the right consumer. So that's why we started this company. Like We want to help this good product and bring this good product to the right customer. Right customer means who will buy this product.
0: Yeah, I mean, the industry that Alice works in, in terms of uh, commerce, um, you just see so many potential applications for Gen AI just for a single persona in a business. Like on a, a marketing side, you know, Alice was talking about you know, being able to just through the power of, of natural language, create these really unique images and sort of promotions of these particular uh, products. Um, but then you can take it so much steps further with Gen AI that you feed into the system some keywords about the product. And now it's going to automatically write uh, some type of summary or product. Description, but then from that, it's then also going to provide some type of press uh, release in a, in a sort of press release uh, format and then into a social media post. And then sort of that workflow can take a matter of, you know, seconds or minutes rather than sort of hours, days or months that it would normally take. And you now just a single person uh, could actually create that type of entire flow and artifacts using various um, applications of Gen AI along the way with uh, imagery as well as uh, text
2: wow that's actually sounds really cool because you'll be able to just make one person just take that single idea
0: almost from the beginning to end without like doing all this other stuff right exactly and that person can focus more on the creative side of side of things rather than the sort of tedious work of writing out a you know product description um you know which which uh, gen ai can take over
2: is that something that like you'd see also that um customers would love using kind of this building this whole, I guess, tool chain, I think, to just build out these different parts of the product launch or product marketing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, they really like child new things, especially the things that can really help them build up something easily. And then they don't need to put a lot of effort on that and they can help them business growth. Because like us, we also uh, use ChatGPT as our uh, one of feature is because our a lot of marketer they don't have the data background. So even we have the filter, they actually don't know what the filter should be. Like what kind of formula they should choose. Even we very easy, they have the drop down menu and they just click. Uh, you want to average over value equal to two thousand US dollar. This kind of formula, they cannot use that filter and then they don't understand how to use. So we use ChatGPT, just the marketer to put there say, hey, I want to look for the group like average order value is 2000 US dollar and like red item, cotton material. And then we generate the formula for them and they can directly see the order list in the group from their uh, member or customer. So that's the application that we use like JNA or ChatGPT use in our service. So I think for a marketer or like for merchants, all the end user they are really like use the tool that can really make their work or life more easier <laughs> or more convenient. Yeah. So I think that's the definitely the way the trend uh, that we should go forward.
2: So like business analysts, right? So for a business, I used to work in business analysts. <laughs> so like, let's say, you know, my boss now has can use ChatGPT to kind of read a CSV or whatever model to read a CSV to make charts, right? So what's my new role? Like, what do you envision kind of be my role developing or changing as that sort of new tool
0: enters the workforce? I think uh, it's still definitely um, sort of the opportunity there to be that sort of go-between um, from the boss, like you mentioned, and the technology side. The boss, you know, might get these great recommendation reports from ChatGPT or GenAI, but there still needs to that be that person that looks at that report and basically does the fine-tuning. You always want to have certain uh, sort of gatekeepers Along the way, especially if it's related to this type of use case around sort of making those decisions in the business. And that's sort of one role that these business analysts would be looking at. So these reports that I produce, you know, will be sort of reviewed before giving it to the decision maker, but then also working with the technology teams, just in terms of, um, sort of how the data itself is going to be, um, sort of analyzed and, uh, how we still drive insights from that, uh, from that data. The stuff that you're going to not be spending much time on is, now, having to work with a BI tool creator on, you know, how you would like your dashboards to look and what type of charts you want to see. Uh, you know, obviously it's important to the business, but it's something that uh, if you can automate that through, um, through Gen AI, then it's going to save a lot more time for that analyst to focus on things that's really going to help drive um, business insights and, and lead to those decisions that are made. In the business as well so you'll still be the go-between go between technology side of an organization and the business side
2: you mentioned something earlier in this conversation called shadow it or something can you talk a little bit more about that and what's kind of like the risk of that with related to gen ai as well
0: yeah it's a, i mean it's a concept that's been around as, as long as it's been around um you know developers or engineers sort of tech focused in the end uh, you know they like playing with the shiny objects of so those that new stuff and we saw it you know in the early days of things like open source software you know specifically with linux Um, And I've got a Linux background, and it was interesting, you know, working with organizations even, you know, so much as twelve years ago, uh, where uh, engineers and um, and other techies would actually introduce new technology into the organization that may not be really on on the books in terms of um, well reviewed and sort of a security um, controls applied to it. But um, they felt that this was the right technology to achieve the results and outcomes they needed. So you you know you'd have uh, servers um, back in the day pre cloud where. They'd be sitting under an um, engineer's desk and running you know something like Linux um, to perform a particular job, and that's outside of the visibility or the scope of the IT team. So it's all about introducing new technology um, that doesn't go through the normal sort of process for an organization. Um, and obviously we want to try and avoid that um, uh, because it can lead long term to many issues. And so that's some of the implications you may you could potentially see with Gen AI, whether it's a developer or an analyst or uh, some type of knowledge worker who's using this type of um, technology um, to perform some of the tasks in their space uh, without the knowledge of the organization as well. You know, using something like ChatGPT to produce a report or a summary of a report, but that data um, that's fed into the system might be private, and now you're feeding it into a public uh, service. So that's how Shadow IT can actually be introduced to an organization. So we want to try and limit that through various uh, means.
2: What do you envision the kind of the future of this new technology, which moving very fast is very scary, so you don't have to, like, I'm not holding you to it, but, like, what do you envision is kind of where this trend is going over the next few years or even in the immediate future?
0: Yeah, I think um, AI is going to be a big part of it. Uh, like I said, Gen AI and just more broadly AI is going to be part of every, or nearly every, or I would say every major software development project, whether it's sort of natural language uh, interaction, whether it's around things like... Um, uh, image analysis and cr- uh, creativity. And so I think what you'll see is because of this demand to integrate this type of technology, I think the d- data um, is key. And so you'll start to see a lot more organizations have not necessarily a consolidation of their data in sort of centralized way, but um, looking at data as a service. Um, so you have, you know, these different business units uh, and organ- line of businesses in organizations who in the past have been very apprehensive to share their data, even amongst other uh, teams within uh, the organization because of fear of losing control or stewardship of that uh, data. But with technologies around things like Data Mesh and, um, and others, which allows individual uh, business units to still control the data, but then they can now provide that data through a service in a controlled way applying appropriate governance and security controls uh, that they need to. It's going to open up a wider area of different ways to then analyze and use that data so gen ai will be just one but if you look in areas of things like um, quantum computing uh, for example i think uh, the quantum computing is going to make a huge impact um you know going going forward in various industries as well but it is going to come down to how organizations are able to really leverage all the data they are collecting and especially um Unstructured data. So you have basically structured data and unstructured data, and it's what it sounds. You know, structured data is follows a particular format. Your typical databases, um, you know, log files, etc. Um, uh, structured data, and the unstructured data, things like your images and audio and video files. That is going to be also very significant in terms of how data is used and how decisions are made by organisations. And that's why Gen AI is so so exciting, right? Because it, what it excels in is being able to analyze. And generate that unstructured data. I think unstructured data is going to be a bulk of all the data that's collected in the in the future. You know, they're predicting that like by twenty twenty six, one hundred and twenty zettabytes of data. So we're in the zettabyte era uh, now, and by far a majority of that is unstructured data. And about fifty six percent of that is going to actually be media, and then uh, also social um, media is the other one, and then gaming. I think is the third in terms of the, that data is collected. So technologies that are able to analyze and utilize that type of data, Gen AI being one of them, uh, we'll start to see potentially other technologies um, appear that can make use of that type of unstructured data.
1: I think it's all from the data because our company from uh, five years ago and at that time, they had, uh not so many startup or the environment is not talking about a lot of AI. So we don't call we are AI, we are a data company. So... I think it's quite the same because even currently we say we are an AI company, but it's all about the data that we use, what kind of solution that we provide. And so uh, for us, like for Merchant, we provide our solution. They They actually don't care about is that data or a data company, machine learning AI company. They don't care about that. They just want to really know what your solution can really help us. And then they can do their job as well. So, I think AI yeah, definitely a future, but uh it's not like the the movie that we always see, like oh everything is can show on uh in a second these kind of things but it's more practical things can happen in the, every industry like e-commerce or some traditional manufacturing. They actually also adopt the different AI to help them reduce the cost of the process, the, the new items, these kind of things. So yeah, I think AI will get more popular in the future, but I think it's all about the data and the future will be the data-driven words.
2: You talked a little bit about your vision for Rosetta down the line. What are some things to that um, customers and listeners should look for from you guys in the near future?
1: Good question. <laughs> I think they are looking for more like AI with 3D fitting because currently we only do like AI in the recommendation product on their website, but Uh, Just like every online store wants to become a retail store. So they hope our solution can help them generate a 3D model. And as a consumer, I can directly test your shoes or accessory apparel on your online store. So there's no limitation on online or offline. They can directly online merge offline. You can still shop online and really wear the apparel or shoes, every items. That you show in a, a real store, and then you can see the three D scanning your body, and then to directly image the style on your on your body, and then purchase. I think that's the way that for merchants that they are looking forward.
2: Any final thoughts on uh, Gen AI and you guys, uh, what this new paradigm is going to mean for us?
0: Definitely, uh, an exciting time to be a builder <laughs> and also consumer of technology. I think you know we still don't know um, what that future is going to look with Gen AI because just so many. Possibilities for it, you know, what Gen AI has essentially done with AI is it taking it from a, what's known as a narrow AI type technology, um, so predictive AI, which is the one I can't believe I'm saying this. Preceded Gen AI It's the <laughs> traditional AI, uh, still in the mainstream. I mean, still super important, but the predictive AI was really good at sort of uh, single tasks, um, very one dimensional. Okay, it's going to identify patterns in uh, some data and provide recommendations around that. It's going to do some type of image. Analysis, but what it couldn't do is it couldn't create new images or it couldn't create a new type of content. So um Gen AI has now started to widen that AI capability where it's now multi-dimensional or multitasking where it's not only analyzing content predictions and recommendations, but actually creating new things as well. So imagine if you place those two things together. So what we're seeing, for example, is um, using Gen AI to create synthetic type data. That's used to train predictive AI. So a good example is in autonomous driving. So you probably have seen, um, you know, when you go to a website, the capture uh, verification um, section where you have to pick, you know, the traffic lights or the pedestrian crossings and and so on. Um, there's a reason why a company actually bought that and provides it. It's not so much as a verification uh, sort of gatekeeper. It's uh, actually to leverage the uh, human population um, as um, uh, as sort of a, a crowdsource to train. The autonomous driving models. So that's why it's mostly traffic things that you're picking out because everybody's becoming a sort of a, a contributor to building out that, uh, that autonomous driving model. So you can imagine now, though, Gen AI, um, you're going to use Gen AI to create um, those type of images of different traffic situations, uh, label it appra- appropriately, and now you're going to feed that into uh, predictive models like autonomous driving. Um, and so the merging of predictive and generative AI um, is going to open up even more um, areas of uh, where this type of technology is going to change our lives.
2: Anything guys you want to pitch before we uh, close it off?
0: Just going forward, you know, we're really going to focus on probably two key areas when it comes to Gen AI. One is building out new experiences with Gen AI powered applications where customers can easily start consuming this technology Without being machine learning experts to apply it uh, in their organization. So we've already got this in things like coding companions and what we call uh, generative BI and generative uh, business intelligence. Um, as uh, use case I mentioned before, even in things like sp- specific industries. So we've got something called health scribe. And what it basically does is it will transcribe the conversation between a patient and a doctor, but then summarize it and provide the key points to the doctor post consultation so the doctor can do appropriate follow-up. Um, so the doctor doesn't need to read through their notes because usually their handwriting's atrocious. So it's really hard to, to pick out. So um, you'll see continuation of these type of uh, turnkey type solutions. But then the second area, and I think this would probably be the bigger area, is uh, around the foundation models. So Working with more and more organizations to provide easy access for customers to these foundational uh, models where customers not only can choose which model, uh, because we don't believe there's going to be one model to rule them all. It's going to be a set of different models. Um So customers have a choice of what models, but they can also use a combination of different uh, models as well. You know, very similar to what Alice had mentioned, what they're doing in their own organization with stable diffusion and and, and tuning. Um, So those are probably the two areas going forward. AWS will continue innovating um, on behalf of our customers based on their feedback.
1: And for me, I think with the AI growing, so I think we can stand on the giant's shoulder, like AWS, to really uh implement AI solution easily. No matter for developers or for merchant, for end user, I think everyone in the end they will accept this AI trend. And AI uh sounds like more far away, but actually it's also related to like sustainable things, like because currently a predictive AI, so we can uh, tell the manufacturer what kind of product you should produce in the next season, not over produce this kind of product, this kind of uh, reduce can really happen in the manufacturing. So I think we can use the uh, a lot of insight that we have and combine with the Gen AI or different AI technology to really help make the world better. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing that we want to deliver to a, a merchant or every end user.
2: Alice and Dean, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it.